0: Not, my hair feels, my hair does not feel up to snuff for this podcast. Uh, well, I don't have any hair left, so that's fine. I think you have plenty of hair left. I've seen the pictures, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the gag of the season. <laughs> Hello, hi everyone. Welcome to the mixed reviews. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm Gavin. I'm Louis. Um I feel like our two week um, thing keeps like, getting longer and longer. But honestly, like I don't care that much because it's our show. It's our show. We do what we want. Yeah, and. Um, I went to Florida for like I was a gonna quick say, little... You went and you had fun and I appreciate that. I got a new job and it's... Everybody knows my least favorite thing to do is work. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> it's like same for me. Like working, <laughs> doing things, getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> if I could just eat ice cream in bed, if someone could just bring me ice cream I in love bed. That. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had this plan for a while. I mean, I hate even like having to get up to change. Like I watch... Netflix on my computer in my bedroom. Like, I have to get up and, like, go put the next episode. Like, it's the (laughs) fucking worst. Are you still watching? I don't know, bitch. Am I? I used to, like, me. I used to yell at my Xbox back when I had one. I would (laughs) yell at it. I was like, Xbox, please, next episode. And like the controller I was belt. just out of the way, like I couldn't just reach it. I love how sad this image is in my head. It's it was, yeah, it was very that. Hey, feed me your sadness. Imagine man. me like in rural Texas, watching all of the Netflix and just like yelling at my net at my Xbox. Uh, I am the ghost of Gavin now. I right. died <laughs> uh, due to the story Louis just told. N.T. we're back with a new episode. I'm really excited for this episode, but before we jump in... Yes, we have some old business to take care of. Um, and let me tell you, it is old. It is old. It's been 84 years. <laughs> um, we talked last episode about Stanley Tucci... The Tooch. The Tooch. Um, and I think, I mean, real quick, before we uh-huh. even get into that, I was shocked how many people were like, Beauty and the Beast... Let me tell you, the Beauty and the Beast of Action movie, it's garbage. A guy that I went on a date with, he, he had like seen it like 12 times. He's like, do you want to watch it? And I was like, I mean, I guess I've never seen it before. I wasn't particularly like interested in watching Emma Watson like warble her way through like a <laughs> Disney classique. <laughs> and it was very fine. I, my favorite thing about Emma Watson's performance is how she gets that computer auto tune out of mm-hmm. her mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. She just does it on her own. She's a wizard. not oh, yes. That makes sense. <laughs> she, she's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> um, Anyway, so we put up a poll asking you guys what your favorite Stanley Tucci movie was. Um, I think you guys kind of had the same reaction me and Gavin did. It was really hard because he's such a, like, bit guy and lots of different things. Yeah. Um 0% came in for Blind Date. <laughs> um, poor Blind Date. Poor Blind Date. Um 15% said Other, and that ranged from Easy A to Beauty and the Beast and uh, Julia and Julia. Uh, 32% came in for Big Night, which was our pick. Yes. And... um A little surprising, but not surprising at all. 53% said The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Which, you know, if there's going to be a movie where he's getting um, some love for a... You know, it was a supporting character, but like I was was going to say, it's a great supporting role. Total total arc, and he's lovely and wonderful, and we love him forever. Daddy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy Tucci, Daddy Uh, So this week's subject is actually... uh, And I don't know if you've experienced this. Everybody I have told that we are doing this subject... I've gotten a very similar reaction to when we were doing Anne Hathaway, which I was a little surprised by. Oh, so this week's subject is Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I remember when I was watching something, I can't remember, of Natalie's movies, and I saw her and I was just deeply thinking and I was like, I had the same reaction. I was like, wow, she is like an Anne Hathaway. Catherine Hepburn yeah level Star Wars it's just like she's that quintessential Hollywood beauty where her face like anyone who's writing the little script, they're thinking of like that type of woman. Like that every woman. And I'm curious as to what it is. And I, did I think your, did these people like react negatively? Like, oh. Yeah, oh yeah. Everybody was like, oh, I hate Natalie Portman. Or, you know, we even got a, a tweet from one of our listeners just saying like, oh, I don't seek out movies she's in. Right. And I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting way of, I don't, I don't think that that was an attack necessarily, but I right. think that was an interesting way of saying like, she doesn't choose interesting material, which I also don't think is necessarily true. Right. And I think it's funny just because she, so she definitely is beautiful, but Beyond that, she has such an w- interesting career as far as, right. you know, she started out really young, and then she was like, fuck you guys, I'm going to school, and right. she, like, stuck to it. Well, that's um, that's part of my theory about why I think, first of all, I think the media sort of, and I hate saying that, lumping everybody together, but I think, leave us alone, Gavin, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're, me no more! <laughs> um, and uh, I think one of those things, it's one of those things where, like, society sort of Tells us every now and then that there's somebody we should hate irrationally. And I think part of it is, is as you mentioned, Allie Portman is gorgeous. She, you know, she's absolutely beautiful. But I think she's also very, very smart. Yeah. And she's very confident. Mm-hmm. And I think those things trigger something in a lot of people right. that, that turn them off. Especially in women. Yes. Especially in women. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I imagine but I, like, but I do, I have met like men who are like, well, oh, she seems so stuck up. Right. Well, and I imagine they're like, so you have, like, uh, I, I imagine that there are, like, maybe uh, more rural—I'm trying to, like, say Republicans, but not Republicans. Yeah. But essentially <laughs> them, like, being like, oh, Natalie Portman, liberal elite. Right, Like, right. she is the embodiment of that. And then on, like, even the more maybe liberal side of people being like, oh, well, Natalie Portman's just, like, white and pretty. And, you know, she's so stuck up and she can do what she feels like she can do whatever she wants. Part of that maybe is because she's worked so much also. Yes. Um, but like, and, and it's not like she came, it's like, she's definitely not like, a like, oh, she grew up in the streets. No, oh, the poor orphan girl who, no, who no. made it big. Like she, she came from a background that was not by any means or off. Right. You know? Right. She, I mean, she definitely has some privilege in her life. Um, but I do think also like comparing her to like maybe Jennifer Lawrence, who's like not even on her level as an right. actress, like Natalie Portman, I think has worked hard and is so smart and yeah. Um, funny when she wants to be really um, funny, but like, that's the other thing I think people have a tendency to forget. And I think it's because she started her career off as dramatic and she gets most of the praise for dramatic right. roles, but she's genuinely really funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was really excited to like watch cause she has such a wide swath of movies. I yeah. do, I do think she's been in very bad movies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I definitely don't, I, I don't think her taste is paramount right. because some of these movies, she's produced uh-huh. and i was shocked uh-huh. i was like really this was what you wanted to put in the right, world right right yeah now, um so yeah i did overall how, how are you feeling about going into this oh well i'm i'm feeling good i'm feeling interesting it's a it's an interesting take how are you feeling a little, a little interesting. interesting a little interesting a little interesting. yeah uh, we're so, gonna have a time tonight Ooh. <laughs> okay gavin so um, let's take us into the rewind Natalie Portman, uh, was born June 9th, of 1981, under the name Natalie Hershlag, mm-hmm. And uh that is her real name. Natalie Portman is a stage name, a portmanteau. Thank oh. you, oh. you so much. <laughs> yes. Um she has dual citizenship in the US and Israel because she was born in Israel, in Jerusalem. Um She's the only child of Shelly. She's born in Israel. Yes, Av- Avner Hirschlag is her father's name, um, and then they have many th- like deep Jewish roots, um, including her father's uh, grandparents who uh, died in Auschwitz. Oh wow! So yeah, not yeah. at all. But so they they moved to New York. Yeah. Correct? Well, so what happened is, is her parents been at a Jewish center in at Ohio State University. Her mother was selling tickets at the time. Uh, they corresponded. Her father returned to Israel. Her mother moved there. And they married. Um, the uh, it was eighty four. It was nineteen eighty four. Portman was three years old when they finally moved back to the U.S. So they met at a Jewish like festival or what? Did you a, 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 a st- like a student center? Oh, that's At cute. Ohio University. Isn't oh, that very cute? That is super cute. They lived in Washington, D.C., and then they relocated to Connecticut, and then to Long Island. I actually knew somebody who went to high school with her. Oh, shit. Um, and I don't remember if they had, like, a good or bad impression. I just remember that fact. <laughs> they so. were like, she's a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I know. I kept thinking. I was like, did they hate her? I right. can't remember.
1: I went to a public high school on Long Island, Syacid High School. Ooh. Hello, The girls I went to school with had Prada bags and flat ironed hair, and they spoke with an accent I, who had moved there at age 9 from Connecticut, mimicked to fit in. Florida oranges, chocolate cherries. Since I'm ancient and the internet was just starting when I was in high school, people didn't really pay that much attention to the fact that I was an actress. I was known mainly at school for having a backpack bigger than I was and always having white-out on my hands as I hated seeing anything crossed out in my notebooks. I was voted for my senior yearbook, most likely to be a contestant on Jeopardy! or Code for nerdiest.
0: She studied ballet and modern dance at the American Theatre Dance Workshop in New Hyde Park, New York, and attended the Ustan Center for Creative and Performing Arts in Wheatley Heights, uh, both on Long Island. In fact, uh, Portman skipped the premiere of the first Star Wars, Star Wars Episode 1, uh, so she could study for her high school final exams. Love that. Yeah, true, true. Good for her. Good student. Um, she, uh, from there, she went on. She to, knew how bad Star Wars was. Exactly. <laughs> she, from there, she went on to Harvard, like one does. Of course. Um, and she... Uh, what the fuck did you do after high school? <laughs> she earned a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, so please never listen to this in diagnosis, mm-hmm. Natalie. Mm-hmm.
1: When I got to Harvard, just after the release of Star Wars Episode 1... I knew I would be starting over in terms of how people viewed me. I feared people would assume I had gotten in just for being famous, and that they would think I was not worthy of the intellectual rigor here. And they would not have been far from the truth. When I came here, I had never written a ten-page paper before. I'm not even sure I would written a five-page paper. I was alarmed and intimidated by the calm eyes of fellow students who came here from Dalton or Exeter, who thought that compared to high school, the workload here was easy. I was completely overwhelmed and thought that reading a thousand pages a week was unimaginable, that writing a fifty page thesis was just something I could never do. I had no ideas how to declare I had no idea how to declare my intentions. I couldn't even articulate them to myself. I'd been acting since I was eleven, but I thought acting was too frivolous and certainly not meaningful.
0: Where she was quoted as saying, I don't care if college ruins my career, I'd rather be smart than a movie star. Hello? Yeah. She was, And then that's the gag of the season. She yeah. like, she's like, I'd rather be smart than a movie star. And bitch, she's a beau. <laughs> exactly. Um, she, when will your fame? Uh, I mean, that's all her personal stuff. Yeah. Like, while this is all happening, she got her first movie in, like, 94? Yes. Uh, so she started her dance lessons at the age of four. And at the age of 10, a Revlon agent asked her to become a child model. Uh, she turned down the offer to focus on acting girl knows what she wants. Jennifer Lawrence would never. Uh, Portman In an interview, Portman said that she was different than other kids. I was more ambitious. I knew what I liked and what I wanted and I worked very hard. I was a serious kid. I
2: wasn't like a peppy kid. I, I was always like pretending to be older than I was and I feel like people like seeing kids be like their age. You know, like it's cute when a kid acts their age. Not that I was mature, but I was pretending I was
0: mature. I believe that. I believe that. When she was 10, Portman auditioned for the 1992 off-Broadway show Ruthless, a musical about a girl who prepares to commit a murder to get the lead in a school play. Portman and future pop star Britney Spears were chosen as the understudies for Laura Bell Bundy. Amazing. This is all amazing. Laura Bell Bundy, who starred in um, Legally Blonde, the mm-hmm. musical? Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in 93, she auditioned for the role of an orphan child who befriends a middle-aged hitman, as we all know. She's making her film debut in Luc Lyon. The professional. Yes. Soon after getting the part, she took her paternal grandmother's maiden name, Portman, as her stage name in the interest of privacy and to protect her family's identity. That's cool. That's really cool to be at that age and doing, yeah. You know. Jesus. Uh, so making her film debut in a fucking crazy Luc Besson movie. Yeah. Like, gag. Um, then, uh... You know, from there, she went on she made a Woody Allen film. Fuck Woody Allen. Um, <laughs> she, she has a small role in Heat. She's in Mars Attacks, and I love her in Mars I Attacks. I know. Um, and then she has a, a role in a really beautiful ensemble film called Beautiful Girls, which I absolutely love. Um, so much so that a couple of years ago, it played on, like, IFC at, like, midnight. And it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, or, You're like, like maybe two-hour movie. And I was just like... I'm there! Like, yeah, I can't stop watching it. She then was interviewed by The Guardian, um, and uh, she said, there's a surprising preponderance of that kind of role for young girls, sort of being fantasy objects for men, and especially this idealized purity combined with fertility of youth, and all this in one, so I definitely shied away from it. Because after that film, she, essentially, a Simon Hattonstone of The Guardian said to her, that she was, if if she was aware that she would become sort of a quote unquote pedophile's dream. So, beautiful girls, though I didn't watch it, and I and I read about this. Like, is the movie like very aggressive? Like- no, and that's a thing. And I I think it's really strange that that movie specifically. She is playing. She's essentially playing. I I hate to draw this comparison, but she's playing a similar role. To the role Chloe Grace Moretz plays in 500 Days of Summer. Okay. She's, like, a young girl who's, like, smarter beyond her means, and she has a crush on an older man. Right. And, like, he turns her down because he's not a gross, weird right. pedophile. Of course. Um, but I could see like, a twisted mind watching that movie right. and thinking You know, in five years you won't even remember me. holy young, I'm formed and you're not, and
2: You still have changes to go through. You'll change, and then I'll be Winnie the Pooh to your Christopher Robin.
1: No literary reference left unturned. How do you figure Pooh?
2: Well, Christopher Robin outgrew Pooh. That's how it ended. He had Pooh when he was a child. You know, when he matured, he didn't need him anymore.
1: It's the saddest thing I ever heard.
2: Yeah, but it's true. You know, you don't realize it now, but you'll be doing some changing. And uh I can't be a poo. I think
1: I'll
2: ski away out there. Hi, Christopher.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, so she plays a similar role in Leon Professional, where she wants to, like, have sex with Leon, who's a much older man. And she's lying about her age in that movie, right? She's uh, she's 18, but she's not. No, she's not. And I can imagine fucking weirdos being like, oh, see, these young girls want to fuck old dudes and, like, really manipulate and fucking twist. Leon,
1: I think I'm kind of falling in love with you. It's the first time for me, you know?
2: How do you know it's love if you've never been in love before?
1: Because I feel it.
2: Where? In my stomach. It's all warm. I always had a nut there. And now it's gone. Actually, I'm glad you. Don't have a stomachache it. I don't think it means anything.
0: What's I mean? Both of those movies. I mean, I, I saw Leon, and that's like a really fucking cool movie. Um, and I've heard Beautiful but, Girls. I I love. I genuinely love Beautiful Girls. So I can hate when people like take art and make it like into fucking yeah like, nasty perverted shit. Like absolutely. Well. Um, did you just mention Woody Allen again. Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> anyways, uh, she was also the first choice to play Juliet in William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's version, but the producers felt her age wasn't suitable. And that went um, to Claire Danes, right? Yes. And then in 97, she actually did play uh, Anne Frank in a Broadway adaptation of The mm. Diary of Anne Frank. That's um, so funny. In my head, I'm like, is Claire Danes that much older than Natalie Portman? I guess she No. Is. And then what's really funny, I mean, she, she is, but it's not, I feel like it's negligible. But what's really funny is that, like, that's around, in 97, it's when she's cast as Padme. Amadala right. in phantom menace right and like this is where i feel like her career starts to it's not starts to take off but turns more inversely towards the mainstream right i mean well like once you get a star wars movie it's like yeah hello i mean unless your name is Hayden christensen yeah <laughs> yeah but there's a difference there right someone can act right the difference can't. is <laughs> exactly some someone... She's an actor he is yeah a pretty face i guess i guess a mannequin right um but she did uh this movie called Anywhere But Here, which she initially turned down because there was a sex scene in right. it and she was like, Uh, no thank you, too young. And Susan Sarandon Queen. uh was like, rewrite this fucking script. We need this girl. Yes. And uh she got it rewritten. Yeah, yeah. And uh Natalie Portman showed up and was like, Cool. And then she did where the heart is. <laughs> um uh shortly thereafter, like I feel like everybody knows where her career goes after that. Star Wars episode two uh she has a small appearance in zoolander and cold mountain she does garden state in 2004 um and closer which i feel like was her attempt to be like stop watching my star wars movies right um i feel like garden state was her like the the requisite uh like manic pixie dream girl yes right like of the of the the early thousands um and then uh and then the you know the final star wars prequel opened in 2005 um it was a voted favorite motion picture at the People's Choice Awards. They, didn't, but they, they, they don't see things. Yeah, <laughs> They're um, crazy. Uh, 2005 and, was at a dark year. <laughs> and what's really funny is 2005 is also the same year in which she's cast in Milos Forman's Goya's Ghost. And the funny thing is, is Milos Forman admitted he had never seen her in anything. But when he saw her, she oh, looked yeah. like a Goya painting. Right. Which is... <laughs> Which is a special kind of privilege, right? Really, right. You know? But I look like her, <laughs> um, uh, and then two thousand six is a is a really interesting year for her because she goes on to host SNL, and I feel like she yeah. ended up hosting one of the most memorable yeah. SNLs of the first decade of the of the twenty first century um which included the Natalie Portman rap written by The Lonely Island and then was later released on their album Incredibad. Bad. Yeah. So And I mean that now that it's that's such an iconic like uh moment in SNL like lore now for that time period. Yeah. Or especially for the digital shorts. Well 'cause like well, that's the Because the digital shorts were like steadily increasing in popularity mm-hmm. and like people were in them. There was like won't Shia LaBeouf that makes me laugh usually and uh, but I much mean, to say yeah exactly so it's so good uh, <laughs> it's funny because I recently rewatched it after recent events with guns and I was like oh guns are less funny now mm, less funny now um, but uh but I feel like the Natalie Portman rap was really the first time that they were like let's get a celebrity right to really lampoon themselves yeah and she was so game yeah. like it's it, it, she's literally being like I know what you guys think of me and here I am just like dropping F-bombs she goes on to do V for Vendetta. Obviously, like, I don't I don't want to just name every film she did, but she's she's worked with Best of the Best. She did Wong Kar-wai's first American film, My Blueberry Nights. Um, and then in 2010, uh, Black Swan comes along. Hello. And Natalie picks up her first Academy Award. Now, she's been nominated for other things. She's won some Golden Globes, but, like, Peace de resistance. Like, uh, gold, you know, Oscar. Uh-huh. Um, also, and then the, in 2011, the true... Oh, wait. I, the resistance. I didn't, I didn't want to move on to, yet. Fine. Sorry. But I will... find the, the one was controversy. Oh, the controversy of Black Swan. Right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Sarah Lane, who was her dance double, claimed that she did 80% of the dances on screen. Oh, bitch. Or the, well, she claimed that Natalie Portman did less than 5% of the dances. Darren Aronofsky defended Portman and said she did 80% of the on-screen dancing. I mean, she's been taking dance classes forever. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, um, I believe that, you know, maybe the stunt double or the dancer feels like she did more than, you know, what's represented. Right. Like, I believe that, but I also believe like Natalie, Natalie probably did a lot. Also, she and also, I feel like she's, as we've mentioned, she's very dedicated and I, she doesn't seem like the person that would be like, I'm going to sit in my trailer and eat bonbons. Right. You guys have somebody else do the dancing. Right. I don't know. I mean, it seems very silly and I, I wish the stun double dancer woman would have just like kind of reveled in the success of the movie a little bit more and like yeah. kind of been like, yes, I was a big part of this too. And, but Natalie also deserves like, there's enough pie for everyone guys. Like <laughs> there's no need to like shit on her for winning her Oscar being like, she didn't do anything. She doesn't deserve that. Just makes it's not a good look. Um, but you were saying the real piece to resistance before 2011, Oh, Thor. <laughs> and she just was like, you know what? I need some Marvel money. And they were like, here you go. And she made two Thor movies and they were, whatever. Um, You know what else came out in 2011, by the way? Banner year for her. Oh, yeah. No, no strings attached. attached. Um, she got to make out with Ashton Kutcher uh yeah and then your highness as well so yeah 2011 is a year we best forget for weird Natalie year portman. weird year for her huh Um, uh, she was also signed on to play elizabeth bennett in pride and prejudice and zombies right she backed out but she remained a producer once again huh. questionable huh um she looks that fun yeah <laughs> in 2013 she announced she chose an adaptation of israeli authors amos oz's autobiographical novel tale of love and darkness as her directorial feature debut uh portman also starred in the film and was a co-writer on the script Uh, It premiered in 2015 at Con. Uh, I remember listening to an interview with her uh, on vacation, listening to NPR, like I do, Uh uh, uh, driving. And she was saying how she really loved the project for years, and she bought the rights and been sitting on it and sitting on it. She really wanted to direct it. She kept casting people as the mom and casting people, and then things would happen and stuff would fall out. And finally she got to it and she's like, Oh, I'm in my thirties. Right. I can play be a mom. I can play this mom. <laughs> yeah. So the
2: easier part of directing yourself is that one of the hardest things as a director is to figure out the language that you can use to express what you want changed right. in a way that's helpful to the actor. Because every actor is a different individual and in each it's of super,
0: them. it's a super delicate process.
2: Yeah, and some people need like a lot of positive reinforcement. Some people need to have like a more kind of critical, you know, heart. You know, they they respond more to criticism. Some people, um, you need to ask a question. Some people, you need to just like leave alone, and they'll do their thing. And you really need to figure that out. And with yourself, you just like watch it and go do it. Um, right. So that was in a way easier.
0: It's all in Hebrew. Yes. So yeah, yeah. if you guys are looking for some like. Maybe some more interesting, different Natalie-type stuff? Yeah. This movie... And she's done movie... Like, th- that movie's in Hebrew. She did a movie last year in French. And, like, uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, but anyways... The, the Darkness, whatever? Uh, no. Um, oh, the no, French the, movie. Yeah, yeah, the French movie. Tell of a Darkness, actually. Um, uh, and that brings us to last year, uh, in which she got her second big Oscar nomination, which was she played uh, the title Tricky. role... Of Jackie Onassis, well Jackie Kennedy, not Jackie Onassis, In fact Pablo Lorraine, who directed it, made a point of at the New York Film Festival when somebody called her Jackie Onassis and was like, this movie's not about Jackie Onassis, it's about Jackie Kennedy, okay um but she yeah, she played Jacqueline Kennedy uh, following the death of her husband President John F. Kennedy, and she was nominated for best actress and yeah. she did not win, but uh, and Emma Stone stole her off yeah, exactly. Uh, here's to the dreamers. <laughs> um, just to make a long story short, just to wrap this up, the thing that I have found most interesting about doing this podcast, or one of the things I found most interesting about doing this podcast, is we usually get to a point towards the end of the rewind where like, and this is this person's political causes, and I know people get really upset at Hollywood people, Hollywood people for having political and social causes. But also, like, how many political and social causes do we have as, like, normal people? Right. Not that many. Or like, the platform so, to, like, yeah. have something. So when somebody like Gina Davis launches an equality campaign or Natalie Portman launches a campaign for peace or Charlize Theron feeds yeah. kids in South Africa, I think it's good to point it out. Those are good things. Know. Yeah. So uh, Natalie Portman, by the way, she's a vegetarian. She's been a vegetarian since she was eight years old because uh, she witnessed a demonstration of laser laser surgery on a chicken while attending a medical conference with her father right um, and then in 2009 she became a full-on vegan she does not eat animal products or wear fur feathers or leather all my shoes are from target and stella mccartney she said same in 2007 she launched her own brand of vegan footwear um i guess if you're that hungry <laughs> um, in 2007 portman traveled to rwanda with jack hannah to film a documentary gorillas on the Brink, later at a naming ceremony, Portman named a baby gorilla, Kukina, which means to play. Love that. I do love that. Uh, Portman has also supported anti-poverty activities in in 2004 and 2005. She traveled to Uganda, Guatemala, and Ecuador as ambassador of hope for the FINCA International, an organization that promotes Micro lending to help finance women owned businesses in developing countries, which is really great. That's really good. It's so good to support these women owned businesses. In an interview conducted backstage at the Live 8 concert in Philadelphia and appearing on the PBS program for an exchange with Fareed Zakaria, she discussed microfinance. Host Fareed Zakaria said that he was, quote, genuinely wary of celebrities with fashionable causes, but included the segment with Portman because she really knew her stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, and th- I mean, this is like off topic, but like, this is better than like Tom's giving shit away. Like, Right. Giving shit away to like developing countries doesn't help the economy. You need people to like be buying shit from the economy there. And you, yeah, exactly. You need to beef up the economy with people who are local and sustainable. And us just throwing shit at them like that we don't want or need is um, not helping. She's, uh, she's never felt the need to hide the fact that she's a big supporter of the Democratic Party. She campaigned for John Kerry. She campaigned for Obama. Um, she wrote a, like a pre Obama deciding on gay marriage. She wrote a, a letter to him telling him he needed to wise up on the subject. Love that. Um, and finally, um, in 2015, Portman was among other alumni of Harvard University, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Darren Aronofsky, and Susan Faludi. Who wrote an open letter to the school demanding it divest its 35.9 billion endowment from coal, gas, and oil companies. No shit. Quote, she said, those students have done a remarkable job in garnering overwhelming student support for uh, divestment and the faculty too has delivered a strong message. But so far, Harvard has not just refused to divest. They've doubled down by announcing the decision to buy stock in some of the dirtiest energy companies on the planet. She's married. No. Yeah. What, <laughs> uh, now that we've gotten through all of her other stuff, she married the choreographer from Black right? She uh, did. Benjamin Milibat. Mm. Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> he's aging backwards. Uh, Mil- Milipede or Milibat. Yeah. He's a ballerino. And, uh, they've had two children together, Alf, born in 2011, and Amalia, born in 2017. Um, in 2013, she moved to France with Millipede, uh, at the beginning of 2014, And the couple subsequently announced plans to relocate to Paris with Portman saying she would like to become a French citizen. And yet, 2016, they moved back to Los Angeles. Right the fuck back. In 2006, way before any of this, she commented on how important it was to her that she raised her children Jewish. A priority for me is definitely that I'd like to raise my kids Jewish. But the ultimate thing is to have someone who is a good person and who is a partner. Love
2: that. It's funny because I, I forget where... I read it recently that someone was saying, like, think about what you love when you're 11 and, like, that's your, like, for adults who are kind of feeling lost or whatever and, like, try and regain that. And it's funny that they, like, pinpointed that age because, you know, you say you started then. That's when I started. My husband started dancing then. It's like, I feel that there is something Mm. around that time where you kind of do have your instinct about, um, you know, what you really love, what you love doing. And I don't know where it came from because there's like no one in my family, I was told, you know, who was ever really performing. Like, you know, and, and it wasn't like, it was no option to me. Like it didn't seem like anything possible or realistic from it wasn't presented to me in it that way and by anyone Um, but I really loved it so now I take that as sort of like oh I must have known then but I think it took me a really long time to accept it because I came from such like a like serious academic family where like the only thing that was like acceptable was to be like very like literate and educated and like you know you become a professor or a doctor or a lawyer like you know you're I mean Jewish like (laughs) very Jewish and so it was like silly always to be like like act. my dad pulled me aside when I was like 25 and was like I think it's time for you to go to law school was like I think you should or or graduate school he's like you like he you know and I was obviously like working a lot and like you know And he was like, I, you know, I think you should find something like, not that he was like saying that I, that it was like bad, but more that he was like, I think you'll be more fulfilled if like you have, you know, something more like a life of the mind, you know? Um, So it took me a while, I think, coming from that background to be like, no, this is what I want and this is what I love and I enjoy this and like accepting that. What I love is, like, not hyper, like, you know, academic. It can be very stimulating and it can be intellectual. It
0: isn't always. So that's really Natalie Portman. As I've mentioned, many nominated. Um, She has one Academy Award with three nominations. She has one uh british academy of film awards with three nominations golden globe she has two with four nominations and screen actors guild award she has one she won the golden globe for um uh what is she she because obviously she won the one for she won for black swan and she won for closer closer that's what i was thinking of and i just saw it today so she was nominated for the academy awards for best supporting for closer um and then we mentioned jackie and black swan black swan she won for same thing for uh british academy film awards and then Screen Actors Guild, she won for uh, lead for Black Swan, but was also nominated for cast that year, mm-hmm. and nominated for Jackie uh, last year, and didn't win. But huh, that's I mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm trying to think like I would have thought she had more nominations on her belt, but not... I mean, she was like, if I was interested in reading you every. Radical nomination, no, like you know, I mean, whatever. She, you know, she won a lot of critic Circle awards for Jackie, right, and right, for, right. Yeah, for Closer, but yeah, she's a really remarkable person. As I mentioned up top, I think she's a little intimidating because of that. I, I genuinely don't think she's somebody I would want ever want to interview because I right. feel like I might she would outsmart the fuck yeah, 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 like yeah anyone. I, um, but I don't think that's any reason to dislike her, and I think she's really, t- I think she really, really works. I've seen her be really good in, in some really bad movies. Too. Yeah, I mean, I, Star Wars for me kind of feels that way. Like, you know, I I, I saw the first three, those prequels, before I had seen the originals. Um, I went with my little sister and we went and saw them. And, you know, we were Star Wars newbies. And I was just like, damn, this, like, girl is really aggressively regal. And, like, she is, like, Queen Amidala. Like, that is, she is it. You know, she looked amazing, and, and seeing poor Hayden Christensen try to keep up with her is like... Well, I, I have a I think we should move into our picks, because I have a completely different opinion when it comes to the Star Wars prequels. But, okay. But, uh, so, why don't we start from the bottom? Okay. And then we are here. And then we are here. So, our one-star reviews. My one-star review is actually for a movie that I did not finish, Okay. And that I did not even see her in. Ah, uh, That's a little unfair. But I'm going to... Th- uh, no. Okay. It's not. The, the the movie I'm picking is Song to Song. Song to Song? Ooh, <laughs> by, yeah. Fuck Terrence Malick. By Terrence Malick. Yeah. Uh, it came out in 2016, 17, somewhere. It, it doesn't matter because wherever it's, it's still playing. I <laughs> could not believe the garbage that I was... Like, I sat... It was... <laughs> picture this, Gavin. Okay. It's my apartment, ok. It's dark. I've got my eyes closed. I'm watching <laughs> so dark. I'm watching the TV. And uh-huh. oh there's Ryan Gosling. isn't he cute? And I was like, oh, but wait. why is he like why is this fish lens happening all the time? And why is this like him and Rooney Mara um just like wandering around like Austin City limits with like no script and like, no like discernible plot? Was there any Jesus in it? Oh, God. I just, was like, <laughs> cause that's, that's the other, t- you everything else you just described as Terrence Malick, but then like religious themes as well. I just couldn't believe. And I, I paused it and I was like, wow, I'm like 40 minutes into this <laughs> and I still don't see Natalie, but I already hate this movie so much. Like, cause I mean, I enjoy Ryan Gosling. I enjoy Rudy Mario less. But, and, and, um, I (laughs) feel like you said that as though she's like standing, (laughs) I feel like uh, she has like a little mouse face and Carol, I was like, girl, what, why is her her face so pinched all the time? Um, I love Carol. I I, I love Carol, but like her face is so (laughs) annoying. Um, and (laughs) it's just just strange. Um, Flung from a mouse hole. (laughs) What what's we did an episode on him? The other guy that's in Song to Song oh uh Fastbender. Fastbender. Fastbender's also there and he's like being the sleaziest I've ever seen him.
1: Everything okay?
0: Yes. Don't leave.
1: Help me. Help me. (laughs) What what can I get for you? I have a condition. Yes. Uh, Can't be left alone. (laughs) More than five minutes. I get you something else? I'd like to hear you sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elephant. I, I got it. I got it. What? Which one You're gonna get me that.
0: back. Yep, that's the plan. And Gosling is just kind of like holding his arms just so so like they're like super like pumping out of his like shirts. And like, like I do all the time. Right, right. He was taking yeah. some he notes for me in gavin. <laughs> right. And I was just like, what is this movie? Supposed to be, I, I was like, "Do I care enough to keep going?" I this is controversial, and I have other movies that I didn't like, but this movie just like, yeah, because we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get some backups from you once after I do mine because. I, mean, I still think it's a little unfair to give it to something. Did you? Did see you right. watch? Did you watch? No. I, well, you. There's not enough money in the world to right. make me watch current Terrence Malick. Right. It's like I, two and a half hours long, and I was yeah. like, no. And she did two movies with him. I know. And then I. I, I did some research on this movie. Apparently, the original cut is eight hours. Yeah. Christian Bale was cut out of this movie. There's like a bunch of like really famous movies, like like. Wait, I, and I just imagine Terrence like, "Hey guys, I'm in like Austin City Limits like this weekend. Like, everyone wants to like, come down. You make you make him sound more exciting than I imagine uh, he ever could be. Right. True, you're, hey you're right. Hey guys, I At, just got out of church. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just it it just, it just reeked of like um snooty, like money, like um, you, you know, uh, isn't Austin like the place of the moment? Like, and I it, as as a Texan, I feel like I especially hate people who are like well, I would only ever go to Austin if I was going to Texas. It's like, ugh. I can't remember if Die. it was that movie specifically, or someone wrote, like, a really great article. I think maybe it was Thomas Lennon, actually. Actor Thomas Lennon about, like, what it's like to be in a Terrence Mountain because oh, he's in, like... A very brief moment of that film, where and you should read it because it's okay. very very funny. Okay, I mean yeah. So she signed up to do two. She did song to song, and then she also did Night of Cups. And then yeah. I was I wanted to watch them both, but then I was like, nope, canceled. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I I have backups, but um, we can discuss later. Yeah, yeah. After what was your one star? So review. Um, I don't I don't want to be seen as basic, so I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna pick the the stars trilogy, but I will say. I find many similarities between her and Fastbender. I think w- what's interesting, uh, and we'll, I, maybe we'll get into this in the fast forward, but, uh, but yeah, I find many similarities. And one of them is, um, is that when she has no faith in a project, <laughs> it is so apparent. And I think the Star Wars prequels, especially as they go on, yeah, Tackle of the Clones and then, uh, Revenge of the Sith, yeah. like she is just showing up. If you are suffering as much as I am, please tell me.
1: I can't. We can't. It's just not possible. Anything is possible, Padme. Listen to me. No, you listen. We live in a real world. Come back to it. You're studying to become a Jedi. I'm... I'm a senator. If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, It'll take us to a place we cannot go. Regardless of the way we feel about each other. Then you do feel something. I will not let you give up your future for me.
0: Doesn't she do she gave an interview where she said, you know, acting against like paper is hard. Yeah, I and you know, I I think in the same interview, because she was basically like, I give no fucks, I'm done with this uh somebody asked her like what it was like trying to read some of that dialogue and she's like, Well, let's face it, George Lucas is no William Shakespeare. Bloop. So like I, I completely understand and it's it's super duper obvious in those films that she, like, especially after a certain point, she doesn't want to be there. And uh, But so this is not your one, sorry. But I don't want, but I, I just feel like picking that as a disservice to the audience though, I will say, right before I left the house tonight, when I said, I don't know what I want to pick, I don't know if I want to pick Star Wars, and Dan said to me, um, you know, things that are true are true. Right. <laughs> and uh, right.
1: When someone know. shows
0: you who they are, believe them. <laughs> believe them. And uh, and I believe you, Star Wars. <laughs> but, you know, for this specific podcast, I think the thing that I watched that was the worst and not a great performance from her either um, was The Other Berlin Girl. Wow. Yeah. The Other Berlin Girl from 2008, which is a very, uh, it's a very showy. It's, it reminded me a lot of the, of the old, like 1940s um movies about queens and stuff, like, like private lives of but right. not done well. Like, there was a filter over the movie the entire time that was, like, everything so shiny and glossy. And what it was is I just... Everybody was so poorly written that I feel like everybody struggled. And I think she gives actually probably the best performance in the movie, and it's still not enough. That's not true. Kristen Scott Thomas gives the best performance in the movie because she's allowed to just wander into scenes and be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> fuck this shit. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I hate you all. And, um... Yeah, and I think that... I- I disagree. I think that movie is so much fun. It's so stupid. What? The movie is so dumb. Like, I'm like, this is not history. This (laughs) is like dramatics. But that's, that's what it felt like. It's all dramatics. It literally felt like to me, like somebody read that book on a beach and they were like, Oh, I need to make this movie. Like, I don't know what world where they're like, Scarlett Johansson is the ugly sister. Yes. (laughs) And like, uh, you know, Henry the, uh, the eighth doesn't like her because, um, she's, he, he, like, gets injured while riding right. with her. He, and she embarrassed he, me, Daddy. Yeah, exactly. I don't want her. Um, and like, the cast is full of people who are good actors. You have, uh, David Morrissey, who's like giving the snidiest of snidely whiplash. He's the <laughs> uncle who basically like sells uh, them all out. Yeah, yeah. Mark Rylance, who does, I know everybody loves Mark Rylance. I actually just saw him on Broadway. Oh, uh, you in did? Far- yeah, in Farinelli <laughs> and the King. He, d- he does one thing. He does one thing, Um and he's doing it in this movie. But then the movie's also like peppered with like better cover badge and Eddie Redmayne, who I swear to God cannot act. I don't care. I know he went like he literally just he just smiles the whole time. Everything he does is a smile. I wish you guys could see Gavin's face right now because it's amazing. Because <laughs> it's the perfect Eddie Redmayne. And then you have Eric Bana, who's basically just like I can't ever be mad at him. He's so oh, fucking fat. Oh yeah. Jesus Ab- Christ. Absolutely. Like beautiful. A beautiful, beautiful specimen. But like literally just like if he didn't have any lines and they were just replaced with grunts, I would believe. It. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and he's like it is like, I want this girl. Right. Give me this girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girl, why don't you want me to go? I wish you all could see Louie. <laughs> Our movie he's doing is perfect. Um, But I think it's, like, so stupid. I love like This is the Shonda Rhimes version of, like... <laughs> that's, that's mean to Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> like, that's so mean. And so... The the worst thing in it, too, is that, like... I like Scarlet Johansson. I know a lot of people don't like Scarlet Johansson. And I like Natalie Portman. And you think, like, putting them together in a movie. But... They seem lost and they, they seem like they, there's no familial connection between them, even though they're sisters. Right. You know, there's certainly no familial connections between them and Jim Sturgis, who's their brother. Right. Oh my and, God. I saw Jim Sturgis. I was like, Jim. Oh my God. Yeah. He wasn't something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good for him. Um, <laughs> good for him for sure. I, I don't know. I think this movie is like really silly and very like, Dramatic. All the dresses are super green, and like you know, every time she every time she turned around, was like, "Surprise, bitch!" I felt like every time, like someone opened their mouth, it was gonna be like, "Surprise." Can we can we talk about costuming, by the way? Sure. She's wearing a necklace with a golden bee on it, right? A giant golden (laughs) bee, correct? For two thirds of the movie, I mean, a thing that never would have existed mm -mm. during that time period. And she's, no, it's me, Bolin. Yep. It's me, everybody, Bolin. Don't trust and, the bee in the Bolin girl. And my favorite bit is, like, not only do they imply that she's, like, some, like, snarky, sleek, sleek temptress who's, like, in it for the power. Um, she actually delivers the line. Because he, you know, Henry VIII, Church of England was brought about because he was not allowed to divorce, divorce Catherine of Aragon, um... But she literally says at one point, he's like, they won't, a, there, you know, the Catholic Church they won't allow me. And she's like, then, then lead England elsewhere to the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> the literal name of the religion that he got. And it's just like fuck you like it's, it's it, a very it's, it's the Forrest Gump version of the Anne Boleyn story this is like a very like easy like if you're gonna go this is not the historical drama like you know like this is it no Lincoln me, this it, is it took me days to finish I was really? so angry at oh my god yeah no, I was like sipping on some wine I was like <laughs> this is juicy drama I can't believe <laughs> oh my god the that whole, saucy minx the, I'm, I'm imagining I, I hope to hope that the, the, the novel it's based off of must be better. Oh, because God, yeah. that woman that wrote the novels has written 15 of them. Wow. No, no, she's exactly who I think she is. She's the E.L. James. She's over there. She's like, oh, those saucy kings and queens. She's writing, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey shit of the Bolan girls. Um, because all the sex scenes where it's like, oh, with this Bolin, he's, like, very soft and tender. But with this other one, he's, like, beating her and shit. I wonder, yeah, like, Okay. Uh, I'm oh, I'm high. There's a scene in the film where she's like, "Why? <laughs> because it's it's like it's because she doesn't." I once again, I come here not to bury Natalie Portman, but she. It's like she's receiving no direction and she doesn't know it, so she's just like grasping it. So she seems so manic at points. And there's a scene where she just wanders in and she's just like, "I slapped him. I'm ruining everything, right?" I struck.
2: Him. What am I doing? I'm destroying it all on my own. I can't sleep. Without sleep, I cannot think. Well. It's getting more and more difficult to arouse him. Some nights, he cannot do it. I have to resort to evermore degrading He hates himself in the morning. He hates me for what I made him do. It's slipping away. And it's my fault. It's my fault.
0: <laughs> it's very days of our lives. Yeah. It's very like, and the world turns on. Uh, yeah, it's not a great movie, but I yeah. think it's really. But Sydney. also, but also, like, and like I said, because I'm gonna need more from you because I think we're sure. here to rate her performance. Not only is it not a good movie, it's a, it's a not great performance. And like, I think that's, that's where, where it bothered me the most was, it was like, cause I've seen her be good in bad movies. I I just watched No Strings Attached. Right. That's a terrible movie, but everybody deserves a fucking Academy Award for having to pretend Ashton Kutcher is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else in that movie is good. Mindy Kaling, uh, Greta Gerwig, Greta uh, <laughs> fucking Jake Johnson, um, the father. Oh, uh, yeah uh, Kevin Klein. Yeah. I fucking love Ke- Kevin Klein's amazing and everything. Lake fucking Bell. Lake Bell's I love. so good. And everybody has to act against Ashton Kutcher, yeah. who is like a drywall. And she actually is pretty good in that. You know, like, yeah. I, and I always, I think everybody's good in that. And like, I will super... always appreciate, like, a comedy or rom-com that goes for the hard R. Yeah. And they did. That's, it's created by the same woman who created New Girl and I, proved to me that, yes, women can write women poorly. Sometimes. Love, love. Love that. <laughs> um, so, I... T- t- to expand... Um, oh, I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Thor and Thor yeah, yeah. Dead... What, what was it? Dead of the world? The, world, the Dark, dark world. world. Talk about a performance where you just show up. Yeah, like, yeah. I think she... I don't, I don't think the character's as poorly written as she... Like, she went in being like, I'm just getting paid. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, it's crazy because she's one of the few um, people of the Marvel Universe that was like... I'm fine. Like I'm yeah. Okay guys, it's I'm moving on. Like yeah. it's like her and like what Edward Norton maybe or I don't even know if he was fired, but like she's Oh, he was yeah, he was replaced of, yeah. or whatever. Um she's was just like, "Nah, I'm good." Like, yeah. you know, I'm not really doing anything. It's fine. I mean, uh, th- those movies are the like probably the darkest, maybe like what, some of the darkest spots in the Marvel universe. It's just like kind of like the most boring. Right. The most like kind of like ugh. I like I like the first one. I'm still I can't remember. I mean, I I do like um I like her assistant. What's her name? Darcy? Yeah, Darcy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean I like them together. That's what actually that's the one thing that maybe bothered me about Natalie Portman stepping away from the franchise was No More Darcy. How do you feel about Closer? I don't love it. I've never loved it. It's very motion forward. Um there's not nuance anywhere in this movie. Like, Damien Rice, we get it. Like, um I, I watched it again yesterday, though, and I was like, huh, is this, like, a man writing these two female characters and kind of, like, I mean, it's a weird version of, like, what we were saying about, like, um the wish fulfillment for these younger women. Um And I know, I mean, she's not bad in it, but I was just like, oh, and then turns out she was lying the whole time about her name. I was like, I... Did not enjoy this as much as I thought it would. It, though I will say the movie has iconic lines. Um when Clive Owens asks Julie Roberts, what do he taste like? And she says, Like you, but sweeter. I was like, dead. <laughs> um when Clive Owens asks Natalie Partman, What is your pussy taste like? What is your cunt taste like? Something of that nature. And she, like, without missing a beat, just like looks at her with his, her purple wig and says, Heaven. I was like, Winner, winner chicken. Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely moments in there. And I, I, and I don't particularly begrudge anybody for their performance, but I just, it's one of those, like, it does feel like a man, like, I just, she made that joke about no strings attached about a woman writing a woman poorly. This is a man writing women poorly. Right. And while, while we're still having fun on this, bit, uh, and this is not, once again, this is not a bad performance. She's the person pulling the weight around. She did this movie last year or two years ago called Planetarium. It's the fil- French film. She's in this film with Lily Rose Depp, who's Johnny Depp's daughter. Ooh. Yeah. And, um, and it's all in French, as I mentioned. And it was directed by Rebecca Zolotowski. And I totally get why Natalie Portman chose to do this movie because like female filmmaker, you know, in France, like g- great, like everything lines up. The film looks great, but l- it's bad. It's really bad, and it's like a struggle to get. Th- it's like laughably bad. On top of that, Lily Rose Depp is terrible Aww. and she's very much like riding coasting on the fact that she's Johnny Depp's daughter. Johnny Depp called someone, and, and she has my favorite line delivery in the movie, um, which is um, Natalie Portman says something about like them no longer having fun, and she responds with like, "I love laughing." Girl, <laughs> on um, the note. <laughs> but I think we should take uh, solace in the fact that we're moving away from our one-star reviews and into our five-star reviews. Yay. I'm going to be that basic girl. Be it. Um, My absolute favorite movie of hers is Where the Heart Is. Is it really? Yes. I, I saw that movie in the theater. I... <laughs> I mean, that movie came out in 2000. Is that right? I saw it with my mama in the theater. I mean, that is the movie to go watch with your mom. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she was basically, she was like, she's it, like, I heard Sally Fields in a new movie. And I was like, I heard she's not in it very much, but I will take you. Okay. See? So where the heart is, it hit me at just the right time. I remember like this movie, maybe a cousin or my sisters were like, oh my God. Like, and the the cell of this movie is like. This girl, she has her baby in Walmart and has to live in the Walmart. Right. But then you go in and watch the movie, and it's so much more than it that. Is a lot more. And I had seen it as, you know, back in 2000 or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly when I first saw it, but I, I watched it again. And, um. Can I tell everybody what her name is? What her name is? Oh, okay. I want to say what her okay, name is. Okay, I will let you do it. Natalie Portman plays Noveli Nations. <laughs> and she has just that exact accent. Yeah. Um, and. You know what she doesn't lack? What did she like? Five. Number five is Number, five, number five, five. The most terrible. Un- the most unlucky number of her entire life. It's the most unlucky number. <laughs> it's literally just like she was five years old when her mother left her for a uh, umpire. Yeah. <laughs> so mother left her father for an umpire. <laughs> Fred. This movie is so full of like those little details that are just so fun yeah. and like colorful. And the movie is so much more. So but basically, Nobly. Is leaving, um, her hometown. I think it's in Oklahoma. I can't yeah. remember now. And there she's leaving. She's very pregnant. They stop at this Walmart to get, you know, and it's clear like this boyfriend is like a fucking loser to the max. Um, she goes into the Walmart and she's, I mean, it's, they've got like the photo people there, the haircut people. Like it's, it is like 2000 Walmart middle, like this is like the yeah. epicenter of community. She goes outside after buying and she has like, her boyfriend gives her like $10 or something to buy all the things that she needs. Um, she comes back out and the boyfriend is gone. There's no sign of him anywhere. The car is, it's gone, 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 gone. And so there's like a really kind of nice, you know, moment where she goes back into the, the Walmart and she's kind of like wandering around. And, and that's when she runs into Starker Channing's character. Um, her name is Sister Husband. Yes. Um, I think sister is a is a, um, is a uh, nickname, but it's sister husband, and she is the funniest bitch in this entire movie.
1: You read the Bible, Ruthie? Not as much as I should.
2: Good. I think that's good. Folks read too much of it; they just get confused. That's why I like to hand out just one chapter at a time. That way, folks can deal with their confusion as it comes.
0: It's the most charming southern, like rural movie. Um, eventually, so Nobly is stakes out in, in the, the Walmart. She spends, um, a couple of months there. She has the baby in the middle of the night. Um, Stalker Chinese character has also, cause she is with the church, has given her a tree and a couple of like, you know, a like gift baskets and stuff. Um, and you know, she re- meets Forney who works at the library and takes care of his like depressed or I don't know, manic sister, um, after she has her baby, she becomes a media sensation. Through that, her mom Sally Field comes back into her life and very briefly, uh, very briefly, um, ends up taking all the money that like s- sympathizers have given her. Novalee is literally waiting with her her baby, who she names Americus. Americus Nation is this child's name because the photographer at the Walmart has says, "Give your baby a name that's something uh, strong or means something," and so she decides Americus. Um, a little baby girl. And, um, yeah, it's it's just her interacting with this community. The mom, Sally Field, essentially takes all the money, does not come back, does not. And luckily, you know, um, Stalker Channing character is there. She becomes friends with a nurse who is played by um, oh, that the Kentucky, um, oh, God, she's also part of the big Me Too movement. Um, uh, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. How could you forget I Ashley Judd's name? Ashley oh, Judd, Ashley, Ashley Judd, who plays a nurse who has a really awful time with men. Yeah. Um, the, oh yeah. The, there's a really dark portion that, that yeah. travels down that yeah, it shocked me even when I was younger. I yeah. was just like, wow. Yeah, there's a really awful, um, arc with her, but like, in, in the end, like, it all works out. Um, you know, and, and the movie's all about like, you know, if you're too good for your town or where you belong right. and, and choosing, I mean, there's lots of like lying to make people feel better. And I just love this movie so much. I think Natalie Portman's having a really fun time. This is one of her modes. Like she recently, we see her a lot in the mode where it's like very tight and right. tense and she's giving you like fierce, um, you know, intensity and this it's very like whimsical kind of carefree. We don't see her a lot she's- in this mode. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it the other round I'm so glad you didn't pick this because I was nervous we we're gonna have a three peat of like the same things um, but uh, I love Jackie Jackie came out last year as she was nominated for it and she I think she 100 deserved it and it was so strange to me because I remember when Jackie came out there was a small backlash where people were like what accent is she doing you know what if you watch yeah. those interview clips that they're recreating throughout the film um, she's it is it, it yeah she's doing it to a tea.
2: Mrs. Kennedy, I want to thank you for letting us uh, visit your official home. This is obviously
0: the room from which much of your work on it is directed.
2: Yes, it's attic and cellar all in one. Since our work started, we receive hundreds of letters every day. This is where we evaluate all the fines, see if we want to keep them if they fit into our budget.
0: Jackie Kennedy, uh, like the, the week following after yeah. uh, JFK's assassination from, you know, getting on the plane to the swearing in of the next president to um, the, funeral, the, the planning. funeral planning and, uh, you know, having to, to fight his brother and uh, the Johnsons. Yeah, the Johnsons. And uh, yeah, and, it's uh, essentially, you're watching her like put together what the legacy is going to be right. in like no time. Right. And it's a very small snippet of someone's life. It's cutting back between that specific period to an interview she's having with um, Billy Crudup, who is across the board always underrated. I'll be yep. perfectly honest. Yep. Really great actor. Um, and uh, so it's that interview, the, the assassination, and then also this promo video she shot for the White House. Um, and I don't know. It's it's very emotional. It hits hit these notes I've cried every time I've watched the movie really? and I last year I saw it four times something Jesus. like that I had a screener so right. I, thought, I thought like I was being awesome and giving money to it um but uh but still you were, I mean the, the movie is not a fun movie to watch no it's very emotional and ve- and very dark um and she, you know the, as we said before you know she's very you know she, To be able to pull this performance in where the heart is, where and admittedly there's you know, twelve year separation between that Natalie Portman and this Natalie Portman, but to be able to pull a performance that's so loose and ethereal and and then to come in and do something that's so tight and so rigid and transcends mimicry because I actually kind of do mentally I'm I am a little more annoyed when somebody wins an award for doing an impression. Right. You know, I still like God rest his soul. Or I'm not religious, so. Uh, <laughs> well, yes. But whatever. God rest his soul. Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Truman Capote. The year that *Brokeback Mountain* came out, Heath Ledger deserved that award way more than because Capote because yeah. Capote, it really felt like just a, an impression. He did, did not accent. Yeah, he just did an impression. Um, but I think the things that Natalie Portman had to put herself through and to put herself in that place. And knowing that she, you know, in in her personal life, she's also a mother of young children. And uh, I I don't know. I I think she had to dig into the well pretty hardcore for that. And just Pablo Lorraine is such a fantastic filmmaker. Also a crazy filmmaker because the same year he had another film come out as well. He had Neruda come out, which uh, was another biopic Mm -hmm. as well. He is a crazy Chilean filmmaker um who actually just got an academy Award for producing a fantastic woman, which you just told me, mm-hmm. and I'm telling back to you to make it sound like I'm smart um, love that and uh, and yeah, and uh, I don't know everything about that movie is really visually arresting. it's a lot of close ups and all very of, visually yeah. like yeah it's in your face yeah um, i I just watched it for the first time for this um with a friend who like is obsessed with this movie. Um, it's beautiful and gorgeous, and it's like, but it's crazy. Like watching a beautiful movie that's also so awful, and like, it's it's you. I mean, by that you mean right? I, awful, like, not awful. Like, the movie's not awful, but like, it's like the imagery is horrifying. Yeah. you know, like the the scene where she's on the plane, like in the pink dress and covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's like visually, like the design and the shot is beautiful, but like you see Jackie and she's like breaking down, and people are trying to like you know, control her and tell her what to do. And she's like, and it's also kind of a funny, like glimpse into like American politics. Cause like, she is not the fucking queen, you know, no. like she's not like, but she kind of, forg- no, I mean that the, that's one of the scenes that like breaks your heart in a weird way is just Lady Bird Johnson. Yeah. Wandering around talking about how they're going to redecorate things. And it's like having somebody, move into your house before you've moved out you yeah. know like and she's having and she's putting she's, on this brave she's face she's sort of become a ghost and Natalie right. Portman plays that you know yeah very that and then she she also is just like you can see her trying to like put up with this face of like this is never our house this is the people's house right and, um, and you it, it's so calculated but also like so sad you'll have to share something personal eventually people won't stop asking until you do
2: and if I don't they'll interpret my silence however they want <sighs> Her brow furrows, her lips are drawn. She holds back her tears, but she can't hide her anger.
0: Most writers want to be famous.
2: You want to be famous?
0: No, I am fine as I am, thank you.
2: You should prepare yourself. This article will bring you a great deal of attention.
0: Oh, In that case, any advice for me?
2: Yes. Don't marry the president.
0: Uh, other movies that were good, obviously Black Swan, and yeah. I'm surprised neither of us picked Black Swan. I watched it again today. I didn't think I was going to, and I forgot how, like, unsettling that movie it's is. It's really unsettling. Um, the Um New Yorker's greatest fear is walking underneath one of those construction things and you yourself passing you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm yeah. uh, um, also, like, the, like, I have cuticles sometimes, and they're painful. Oh, no. Don't even. Oh. And when she, like, and fingernails and eyeballs in movies are my least. It, oh. The reason why I didn't pick that was because I feel like that movie, even though she's incredible and a force, I think that movie is more about Darren Aronofsky than her. Yeah. Because. I can see that. It is, like, he is a fucking. Crazy person. And I, uh, 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 the the choices in that movie are more about him than what she's doing. Even though she, I mean, she's called upon to like deliver his vision. Oh, no. And she, and she like really embodies that. And she clearly worked very hard. The last one I'll put a plug in was, uh, 2015's A Tale of Love and Darkness, um, which she directed. It's currently on Netflix. I highly recommend watching it. I, I don't think it's an amazing, amazing movie, but I think it's a really damn good first movie. Yeah. It's very showy in the way that, First movies have a tendency to be, um but I think she has a lot of style, a lot of promise, and I don't. I imagine directing yourself is pretty hard, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's like it's it's not like when Kenneth Branagh directs himself when you know it's like I'm a star, right, like right. it's a very subtle because her character is an Orthodox Jewish woman in Israel who's like going through it. Yeah, she's um, going through it. In that movie. Yeah. Also, another thing that's hard to do on screen is, like, a character telling a story, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that her character does, is tell stories. Right. She's so effective at it. There's one story she tells about a soldier who yeah. was lived in the house that they bought, and um, she doesn't finish it, but you see the ending of it. Yeah. But then it cuts back to her face, and you can just read everything that's happening yeah. that she's not saying yeah. in her face. Yeah. Um. And... I- actually, you know what? I mean the the movie is worth watching actually yeah. i mean it's it's so interesting it's different it's a different again a different tone for her yeah. like it's not like it's a little bit more sad you know yeah. she's it's I, I actually liked it now that i'm thinking um, about it. um the uh it's funny neither of us have really talked about garden state um <laughs> yeah exactly that's it that's all i just i just wanted to put it out there in the world <laughs> So that's what we think the of state. end um the shins it'll change your life. Uh bye. So, Forever. let's move into our fast forward. Yay. So, we're talking about Natalie Portman because annihilation's out right now. Yes, it is. And soon will be out worldwide yeah. on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> God. <laughs> <damn it. laughs> um we stupid Netflix. Stupid Netflix. We watched um this last night. Yes. We did. Uh, we went. We had meatloaf sandwiches. We both had meatloaf sandwiches, love, which arrived exactly at the point in which she's vomiting her brains out. Ah, what a dream! <laughs> love the theater. Um, I liked the movie. I, I liked it too. I yeah. thought it was really um, like first of all, I just she's so intense, and then yeah. seeing her surrounded by all these other women who are really badass, good actresses yeah, yeah. Also, I was like, damn. I mean, um. I told you, I was like, when I walked out, I was like, Gina Rodriguez is a star. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and like, and that role could not be any different than what she's been asked. It's yeah. funny. I was, one of my new coworkers was like, what has she done besides Jane the Virgin? And I was looking through and I was like, no, that's her big breakout. She did like 15 episodes of the Bold and Beautiful or something. Yeah. And I, I think like, she was on like Deepwater Horizon. She, like, Yeah. She did Deepwater. Yeah, yeah. But like, this is like truly, you know, um, y- y- yes. And yeah. it's, it's this just playing very Jane different. Yeah. Um, and also, I'll add Tessa Thompson is doing a lot of this is she's very yeah. different in here than we've seen her before also. Yeah, because she Tessa Thompson, I feel like the thing she's sort of known for, whether you know her from Dear White People or you know her from Thor or you know her from Creed. So, fun, so funny too, by the way, Thor the Thor, Thor connection. The- or you know her from Creed, there's a there's a Strong, toughness yeah, yeah. to her characters. There's a there's a harder edge, and this is not that at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. It's really I mean, uh, the um, movie's weird, um, but it's interesting. I, I think I'd like to I, I liked it and I want to like people have a tendency to not believe you when you tell them you like something and then you're critical about it. Um, I liked it. I think as a better third act than in most other Alex Garland films, um, I do think Alex Garland still to this day. And I think this is a problem you will see if you watch all of his movies has a, he delivers major plot points and major character points through dialogue. And if the actor isn't doing it correctly, um, instead of like, he's a very tell don't show director right. Um, and writer. And I think if the actor doesn't pull the, perfor- the right performance, it rings very hollow. And, um, the, the women you've mentioned so far and Jennifer Jason Lee don't have a problem doing that. But, uh, there is another actress in the film who I cannot think of the name of. Um, I liked her. <laughs> I, I did, uh, Tuva Nov, uh, Novo- Novotny, Tuva Novotny. Um, I thought she I don't know I mean and she's not at the level. Yeah, exactly. She's she not in the, the range. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like but also it's a shitty situation to put her in because she has to deliver something that a normal human in would life would say. would never say. And so it's it's an impossible situation where she's being outacted by these other four women. Um but yeah. I, mean, I, I will say she like First of all, ladies and gentlemen, it's no spoiler that all these ladies do not make it out yeah. from yeah. the movie. Um, but she probably was given like I mean, she's the last build. Yeah. She you know has the she's like here's some plot. Yeah, and uh, and so that's really unfortunate. And I and I think and I think the central idea of the movie, like when it's finally revealed, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I will say I. Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Um, Gorgeous. Big screen worthy, which is why, we, right. why I was joking about the Netflix thing. Because I would... Oh, 10,000%. Uh, uh, I am one of those people who uh, it makes me sound a billion years old, but if there's bad CG in a movie, it instantly takes me out of it. Yeah. And there's... Uh, Talking about uh, you, Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Black Panther. But really, some of those scenes, like, they have all the money in the world. Insane. Disney, Disney literally has all the money in the world. And insane. Like, w- rubber cat people. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, rubber rhinoceroses. Right. Um, it was insane. But, um there's a scene towards the end where that's very heavy CG and they encounter something that's very humanoid looking. And what's great is it's done in such a way that it is so unsettling that I had chills and normally CG stuff does not freak me out. And I was literally like, like my, like the hair on my arms is standing up. Uh, the very little hair I have on my arms. And, uh, I, w- I was surprised. And yeah, I thought that was really, yeah. that whole section was really well done. And, I will say also though you're the worst person to go to the theater with because every time something scary happens you laugh you laugh I also I also find I get a perverse satisfaction when somebody is particularly cruel in a movie as well too like anytime Jennifer Jason Lee said something in her like flat like monotone <laughs> that was like oh I'm a bitch I was like yeah! like, <laughs> like that scary bear person was like eating them and yeah. you were like <laughs> scary bear person that growl sounds like a scream of yeah. a woman saying help me yeah so how could I not love that I know I was <laughs> fucking creeped all the way out <laughs> I was, I was, it was well done too. So, I was shaken. Um, looking ahead to some stuff that she, uh, Natalie is, um, involved with, uh, she's in The Death and Life of John F. Donovan, which is Javier Dolan's new movie. Um, I'm not sure when this is coming. Isn't it Xavier? In Mexico? It's Xavier. So I'm going <laughs> to say that. But I guess he's Canadian. So it's like Xavier. Yeah, Who the fuck knows? He's a Frenchie. And, um, something called Vox Lux. Yes. Where she's going to be singing. Love, nonetheless, um, which I'm excited to hear because literally, basically, the only song I can put at the end of this episode is the Natalie Portman rap. Thank God. I mean, uh, if there were other songs, that would still be the one. As we close out this episode, what do you want to see from her in the future? Because uh, I know I I distinctly know what I want from her. I would like to see her. I mean, so she's made a couple more rom coms, and like there was Mr. Megorian, where she was just yeah. kind of like not as intense as you know I, w- I would like to see her maybe go back to more um or try out at least um less like angry roles yeah. or less you know kind of like steely i mean and Anni- annihilation has a little bit of that where she's like kind of joking around with her husband and yeah um it's she there's a, the part that's actually funny when he's like look at the stars and those will be the same stars yeah. and she's like ew get out of here yeah and she's like do you think that's what i do when you're gone right Um, and I would, I don't know. I would just like to see more of that. I don't know if maybe as, I mean, no, I I totally know that guys, you get older, you kind of like maybe lose that and you become hardened to the world. Um, and you also get less opportunities in Hollywood and that's maybe where I want to see her move away from is maybe, you know, she's, she's at this place where she produces stuff, you know, she produced no strings attached as Mm -hmm. well. And, um, and she directs and maybe she needs to start creating more work for herself. Yeah. And I think that's where I'd like to see, I'd love to see another film from her, um, as a director. Um, she doesn't even have to start it. But it's I've... even funny though, because th- that movie, A Tale of Light love and Darkness, it, yeah. It was funded essentially by the country of Israel. Right. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the movie, it's like Israel grants for the arts award. So I wonder if like it was very hard for her to find funding for this picture. I mean, certainly, the, the obviously the the subject matter is very right. Like, well, really he's like I was going to say, he's like Israel's number one poet, right? So, I wonder if it's difficult for her in Hollywood though to because right. she certainly. Has the cachet of a Reese Witherspoon character, but I don't know if she's taking the steps to right. like. And I think that's maybe where it is, where Reese Witherspoon, and she's been saying this in interviews, where she, you know she's been putting her money where her mouth is, bringing product to people, and being like, "If you don't want this, I can fucking take it elsewhere." Right. Um, and so, I but I I'd like to see that out of Natalie Portman, I, and maybe it's just time as well. I mean, she has a husband who performs a lot, and she right. has children. You know, maybe it's a time issue. And she has never wanted to solely be a movie star. And that's not me, like, coming down on Reese. Reese knows what she wants out of life. Right. Um Natalie Portman does too. And it's not solely to be a movie star. Right. But I would like to see that. It's funny. I mentioned earlier how she reminds me of Michael Fassbender and not just in the way. I think one of the things that's interesting is you follow their career paths. Um, admittedly, he started much older mm-hmm. than her. But, yeah. like, they both start in that indie world. And then they sort of cross over. But whereas he like from the start sort of got to do that place of like, I do one for you, a Hollywood movie. And I do one for me, an independent film. Um, she, I feel like she had to work for that. And I think maybe that's because she is a beautiful woman in the Hollywood system. So, you know, she had to do three star Wars movies before she could start doing things like closer. Or she had to do, you know, like two Thor movies before she could fucking direct a film. And right. um, I, I don't know, and I I worry about I, that's a constant worry whenever we we talk about a woman is the the like the um, sort of imprisonment of the Hollywood system, right? And I think it's interesting and maybe telling that like when she did Jackie, which was like this tour de force like performance, yeah, it kind of, like the movie itself did not do well, no, um, and even in award season, like I think she and maybe like for costume design, yeah. were, like the awards that yeah, uh, she she, she got- garnered, like I mentioned, a lot of critic awards, but that was it. Yeah, and I I wonder if it's like we get it, Natalie. Like I think a lot of times uh society or culture is it's kind of like okay, well it's like kind of like what's happening to Amy Adams also. It's yeah. kind of like okay, well we get it. Like and so anything like that's not like fresh, new, exciting. It's kind of just like well, whatever. And it, and it especially happens to women of this age, unfortunately. Um Which is funny because she's <laughs> I hate to say it in all honesty, she's two years older than me. She is thirty six. <laughs> like that's so old. Yeah. I'm no, I'm kidding. Uh Yeah, that I. I guess that I. When I think of Natalie Portman in the other bowling girl, I was like, "Wait, you're telling me she's older than Scarlett Johansson?" What? Forever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because she has like this baby face. You know, yeah. she always has looked like when you when you watch her in Leon and you watch her now, it's like it's the same. Yeah. I I'm not worried for Natalie. I think she's fine yeah you know i i think she there's maybe a weight off her shoulders like okay i have my oscar like what else can i do and have some fun and she's obviously like looking at other projects that will be right and and like like you said she has more things on her mind than just being a celebrity you know she has her causes she has and i also wish her to continue those obviously but like i I think I Natalie Portman's in it at a stage, hopefully, where she could start creating her own work and doesn't have to. You know, I don't want to have to watch her in a Star Wars movie or a Thor movie where she's clearly just like right. Or whatever. you know what? Like, I want. I mean, it's funny because like when you mentioned that, like, Kate Blanchett and Thor, I could see Natalie Portman doing that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know for whatever. <laughs> The Marvel Universe now is different than when it was then. Right. Um, and I wonder if there is any... Like, I guess I wonder if there is any fun left in Natalie Portman. Because of late, all these movies are not fun to watch. Like, it's impressive and it's emotional. Um, I, th- I still feel like she had some fun in Annihilation. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like... I bet you she had fun making it. On the screen it's not necessarily like you know, light, if you will, spooky bear man <laughs> who scream help me. <laughs> Me, yep. that, yeah. that's it, that's it, yeah, love that. So, uh, so I guess that's our final thoughts on Allie. Those Bar are our final thoughts. B- spooky Bear Men, Spooky Bear right? Men, and have more fun, girl, yeah, have more fun, girl, less spooky bear men. Mm-hmm. Um, she did, she just did SNL and she did, like, oh, yeah, she uh, did, uh, she sequel rap, it wasn't as good. I prefer the original, but uh, don't we all? But she did that amazing cut for time commercial, right, about evil stepmother dolls mm-hmm. and just she delivers the final line and it and kills me every time um but yeah so yeah Natalie Portman we love you uh I told- we love you Natalie <laughs> <laughs> want to drink and fight um the uh yeah, I I wish, uh, hopefully, maybe this will help more people come around. Uh, yeah, now, I don't now know. Not that you she... need two men to like. Right, but I'm on, like, if you guys like hate Natalie, like, let us know why. And, yeah. Um, like, what's the deal with that? Cause I, I've never felt that for her. No, I mean, I've certainly yeah. felt it for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Twice. You really... I know. Yeah, like She's her. just like... Ugh. Um, uh, but anyways, I think that's a good place for us to stop. I think that's a great place for us to stop. Where but- can people find us, Gavin? Oh, man. If you want to contact us online, you can find us on Twitter at, at The Mixed Reviews. We're also on Facebook at The Mixed Reviews. And you can email us if you want to ch- ch- chit-chat. Chit-chat. Chit-chat, uh, chit-chat yeah. with us. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like our, people- our memes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can email us at, uh, reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Yeah, you can send us, like, um, any comments, or, like, you can send us, like, uh, suggestions for subjects for episodes. Nudes, partial, and or full. <laughs> Correct. Um, social security numbers. Oh, make, yeah. Bank account information. Routing numbers. Right. Really would, good pins. We would love pins. that. Um... And, uh, yeah, and if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, uh, tell us what you listen to us on because we are available on everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeart Radio app, and Google Play Music. Uh, I also see us popping up on other independent sites and everything that's just sort of grab podcasts and put them out. And Love uh, that. So, yeah. So, we're everywhere. Right everywhere, uh, people. Thanks for the shout-out, Heather Antos, earlier this week, by the way. Works for works did in comic like, books. Did you just like raise the roof? I did. Bit? oh God, Gavin, we're ending this episode now. <laughs> Play uh, us out. We'll uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks when I'll probably be unemployed again. Bye <laughs> bye.
1: I don't sleep, motherfucker, off that yak and that Durbin. Doing one twenty, getting head while I'm swerving. Damn,
0: Natalie, you a crazy
1: chick. You shut the fuck off and suck my dick. I'm buzzing dudes' mouths like gushes, motherfucker. Roll up on NBC and. Spend Lead that.